Hey guys, welcome back to um, Blood and Black Rum Podcast. We are back at it a lot quicker than the last time uh, when we took like about a two-month break on it. Um, and like we said, this time we are definitely getting into some horror movie territory, except for today we're kind of delving into like horror comedy territory. Um, but we are going to be um, covering a little bit more of the horror movie genre for Halloween because we're pretty pretty close to it now, only a couple weeks out. It's one of my favorite times of the year, and at the Moon is Dead World, we're like going nonstop Halloween all the time, so it's something that I'm used to. Um, today, we are going to be taking on Tremors 5, Bloodline, um, and that's a new direct-to-video release. Uh, it was released uh, on DVD and um, on Instant Watch, um, or um, I guess with the, like Instant Streaming. Um, the same time, uh, October 6th it was, so it's been only been out for a few days now. Um, it's up on Netflix Instant. You can watch it on there if you have a Netflix account. Um, and so I think that kind of tells you what kind of release strategy that the uh, makers of this film are going for, is that, hey, we're not going to really, you know, force anybody to buy it, you know, and I, didn't, I didn't see any promotion for it. No really. promo. I, no, I don't think so either. I, I didn't really see anything the only, for it. The only way I knew this film was coming out was when I looked on the article on Yahoo that when they released like this is what's coming to Netflix, you know, this month. Yeah, that's how I knew about the film was because I saw that Tremors Five Bloodlines. I'm like, I didn't had no idea they were making a new Tremors film. Right. Well, and I think it's important to point out. You said Bloodlines. It's just Bloodline, but oh. there are multiple Bloodlines in this film. Yeah. So we'll be getting to that later. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're taking on Tremors Five. We haven't done any of the previous four, uh, and and I don't even think I've seen four. I've seen it's one through three, but I haven't seen four. Yeah. So four is under. So it's I, I, yeah. Well, and, and in this scenario for five you don't really need to see four at all no because that was that was like you said uh it's his, it, like a historical one it goes in the past yeah it, it takes place in the wild west so it's kind of like a western horror sci-fi right so so it doesn't even matter because that's in the past this one's kind of branching off of like tremors three i guess you would say yeah and basically like, is, like is like a, a direct sequel yeah. to, to tremors three so but before we get into all of that, before we get into the conversation about Tremors 5, uh, I want to take some time to talk about our beer situation again, because, you know, that's that's one thing that we always carry through on each episode. Um, today, we, I went out to Price Chopper, and I got us... Which is a, a, which, a, yeah. is a local grocery store Anybody, in state New York. Any of our the five listeners that are listening in other areas... Uh, would not know Price Chopper, I guess, but yeah, it, or Market Thirty One, as it's now going to be called, right? Thirty One. Oh, I forgot. That what it is. Yeah, they're changing yeah. the name. So, or Market Thirty One, if you know it, if it's already changed in your area. Um, so I went out there, and they do six packs of create your own six packs. So you can grab any of any beers that you want to. Basically, put it in your six pack, and you get it for a low, low price of nine ninety nine. Which who, whoever came up with that idea. I know it's not like just a price chopper thing, but like whoever like at a store came up with that like idea. Just like switching beers. And great idea. Out. It's a great idea. Yeah. Because no, you don't want to gamble. Like, let's say you're going to get something like like a Chipotle ale, and you're not sure if you like a chili ale or not. You don't want to go ahead and buy a whole six pack of it in case you don't like it. Well, it's, yeah, because like craft, you know, as craft beer drinkers, yeah, 
definitely something that's an expensive investment. Like, right. if you see, like, oh, I want to try this beer, and you see it's only available in a 12-pack for, like, $18, it's a, you know, pretty pretty big gamble. But if you see they got singles of it, you can yeah, you're make gonna, your own six-pack. You're going to make your own and, and get one of them and then try it out and see what it's like. And I think that's a great idea. I think more people should be going to that model of, of sales. Um, I don't really think it's that hard. Then you just sell the, the ones that you've sold at uh, one piece. So now you have a six, now you have a five-pack of that six-pack. Just mm-hmm. sell those all singly, and, mm-hmm. and then you're all set. Um, so I think it's a, it's a great idea. And they actually, I mean, no one wants to go out and spend $9 on a beer that they're not sure they like either. Yeah. So if you're going to a bar, you don't want to do that. So got a six-pack of all different kinds of beer. Um, for some reason, the Oktoberfests were really out at this at the store. They they didn't really have any, or at least not ones that I've never tried before. So well, as as you said, Octo- October is getting. Oh yeah, actually, they're getting, going away. I mean, we're, now getting, we're coming getting, into winter. Yeah, I know. We're getting to the nitty gritty, and it's we're in the heart of fall. Right when you want an Oktoberfest, and the winter loggers and winter warmers are going to be. And porters, a lot of porters, porters are out. Are already going to be pumping out. So I picked up the uh, like six different beers actually five because sarah got one and um so we started out at dinner with sausages very good um and it was probably the last grilling part of the season so um we started out i had a um lagunitas uh chuck style pilsner which is really good i actually had that in san francisco um over the weekend and so i wanted to get it again it was really good and um, Martin, you had Shipyard. Shipyard, Shipyard Export, Export, which apparently is a blonde ale. It kind of tastes like a mix of a blonde ale and a brown ale. Like a lighter brown ale. Yeah, and an Abita Turbo Dog, which is actually a um, dark, brown, dark ale. brown ale, which is kind of chocolatey, kind of, kind of a dessert sort of beer. Um, so that's, it, it's pretty good. Um I think we're in that kind of season now where I'm kind of craving something darker, a little bit more richer. So, it's pretty good. Should have gotten yourself a Newcastle mm. for a brown ale. Mm. No bollocks. <clears throat> They're always skunky to me, though. <laughs> so, And I have a, which I've never heard before, a Warsteiner Oktoberfest. It's a <laughs> traditional German-style Oktoberfest, so it's a lot lighter than an American-style. I'm guessing you pronounce it Vorsteiner. Well, yeah. Vorsteiner is what I would say, but... Well, I'm not going to throw yeah. in my German accent. <laughs> but it's good. It's you know, light and crisp, yet malty. Yeah, like a nice malty-bitterness to it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I've had one similar when I got that one six-pack or 12-pack of, um, like, a half actual... Brown. Yeah, yeah. half-brown. Yep, that's what it was. So, yeah, it's pretty good. So... And we'll probably be switching on and off. I have some other beers in there as well that uh, we'll probably be partaking in. But, um, yeah, that's that's what we're drinking for now. And uh, we uh, had some coffee beforehand, so we're mm-hmm. all caffeinated up. Yeah. So we're ready to talk about Tremors 5 Bloodline, which is, like I said, up on Netflix. You can really, I, I'm sure you could probably find it really anywhere now. I mean, you don't yeah, have to go out and, like... Pick up the yeah. You don't have to go out and pick up the DVD with the new instant video sort of wave that's been hitting. It's basically available everywhere now, and so you can you know you can watch at your leisure. I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, 
So that's a, that's always a good thing. It's um, I, I like the fact that it's so available. You can just you know, and it, obviously for something like this, like a a low but lower budget B movie like this, it's really the way to go, especially during the Halloween season. I mean, yeah. you're seeing a lot of them, a lot of like direct to video releases that release same day instant video and and DVD. So. It's a. I think that it's a. a well, I think I think it's a great strategy too because who the hell these days is gonna just go out and buy a direct-to-video movie without kind of like going in blind? Well, we've seen. Yeah, I mean that's true. We've seen a ton of movies that are direct-to-video that are just shitty. And if you look at what is coming out on Amazon every week, because I do for the blog, I do like um, a look at all the videos that are coming out next week. There are just so, so many B-movies that are coming out from, like, really crappy studios that are just really terrible. I mean, these, these, it's not, I'm not even talking like Tremors 5, which is really not a great movie. I'm, I'm not talking about, like, not great movies. I'm talking about, like, really terrible, like, shot, like, shot on video, really awful videos. Yeah. Um, and I mean, those are coming out in droves. So, like, what's, how, how does, like, a normal consumer pick out... You know what is what is better and what is worse based on the cover art. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Sometimes they do have some really good cover art, or they're being re-released and they get good cover art for it. But it's still a shitty movie underneath. So you really don't know. And I think that the instant video thing is pretty good. Um, it's it's kind of like a new rental. You know? Yeah, basically. And it's like doing. And I would say it's doing research, whether you want to own this on video or not. I mean, because the only people I think that would go out for this film. And buy it on DVD right away, <laughs> like hardcore Tremors. Would be somebody, yeah, who's a hard, who like sat through and watched the entire sci-fi yeah. TV series. So, <laughs> somebody who has Ernest Truth's soundtrack on uh, <laughs> on vinyl, <laughs> which I don't know if anybody's releasing that or has released that, but it's a good idea. Put it out there. Um, Death Waltz, maybe they <laughs> want to do that. So the first thing that we really uh, are missing in Tremors Five is is uh, Kevin Bacon. I yeah. Think. I think that's something that I would have liked to see him reprise. I mean, the following got canceled. What does he have to do? He's, he's not doing anything. He else has enough anyway. money. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. That's true. He's he's got enough money, but he's he's sitting on he's that. Foot, he's <laughs> yeah. He's got his footloose cash in hand. He he doesn't need any more. Well, yeah. And he just recently had a pretty good film called Cop Car come out. So there, he's doing that, I guess. So Tremors Five. He wasn't, wasn't really, schedule. Wasn't he's, really, he's really interested. He was booked. And the other thing about Tremors 5 is that they actually, it, they wanted to bring in the original creators of Tremors for oh. this film. Oh, did they? Yes. But they dropped out because they didn't really have any control over the story. So. Which, why would you want to bring in the original crew if you're not going to give them creative control? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, I mean, I, I guess I can see. Unless yeah. you want the name recognition, but at yeah, the same yeah. time, who's going to be like, oh yeah, the guy from Tremors, you know? Well, and the thing is, is that Tremors 5 really has pretty little to do with, like, the actual, what I, in, for the first Tremors. Yeah. Because, I mean, Tremors, the as a franchise, has kind of branched out so much from the first one that it really doesn't, I mean, yes, it still has the Graboids, but now it's got, like, 
a lot of other stuff going on with it. I mean, it's got the Ass Blasters. Which are uh, from Tremors 3. Which, yeah, from Tremors 3. So not from the original at all. And I don't think they have anything to do with Tremors 3. And I, I, the Shriekers were in it for just a split second, which were from Tremors 2. And that, yeah, that's from Tremors 2. Yeah, actually, they weren't even really in this They were in it for yeah. a split second. Yeah, really, Bert, just quickly. Bert, when Bert's talking about the different types of... He's talking about the circle of life of the Grab Yeah. So, I mean, like, that kind of creative control, I, I would assume that the original creators would, would have wanted to go back to, like, the Graboid nature of them. Really, kind of, like, Probably back to, it, like, a base, back basic, to basics. Yeah, step. that's what I would think, because if, I mean, if we're looking at the timeline between when Tremors 5 was released and when uh, even, like, Tremors 4 was released, we're talking, like, I, I think ten. about 10 years. Yeah, um, because, yeah, actually, 11 years. Tremors 4 was released in 2004. And I think Tremors 3 was 2001. So we're talking a long period of time between any kind of sequels for Tremors, um, besides, like, the TV series and stuff like that. So uh, you would think that now, coming back to Tremors 5, almost uh, over a decade later, you'd want to kind of go back to basics. You'd want to, you know... Go go back to the kind of... When we were talking about with Terminator, back to kind of a... It's a reboot, but it's a sequel. Yeah. And kind of a remake, you know go back to that kind of logic so it's like well it, it's a reboot so we can try to get bring in new fans but it's kind of a remake and back to basics so people who watched were fans of the old movies will be able to relate and yeah be interested in them and really the I'm, the only thing that besides the actual monsters in Tremors 5 that the film has in common with the other ones is that it it still has um, Michael Gross. Michael Gross as Burt Gummer, who is you know, I mean, he's reprising his role from the original Tremors, um, and he's the only one out of everybody in the Tremors franchise to be in every single film. To, yes, to actually to actually come back. I guess Michael Gross doesn't really have anything else to do. Probably not, but I mean, <laughs> I will say he's his character as Burt is a memorable one, at least for me. Um, as children of the 90s, Tremors was kind of like a big uh, big movie for us. Yeah, it definitely... Yeah, I would say so. Uh, and actually, I'm looking at his IMDb, he actually has done quite a bit of stuff. Like, uh, mostly guest appearances on TV series, stuff like that. But, I mean, he has been doing some stuff lately. So, I mean, that's good to see. You know, mm-hmm. Tremors 5 probably is just... I, I feel like maybe he just really likes that... P- playing the... Yeah, like likes that concept. Yeah, um... I don't know. He just gets to act like kind of a hardcore gun nut sort of like hunter guy. So maybe that's just fun. I, I don't know. I I would assume that based on what I'm seeing in Tremors Five that he's having fun doing it. Yeah. So, so that's a. That, I guess that's always a good. And he, he definitely does in, throughout the film seem like he's having fun playing Burt Gummer again. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that's part of the enjoyment of Tremors Five is that he does seem like he's having fun doing it. So. It, it, I think that it, for whatever else, whatever other flaws that Tremors Five has, that's one of the the big ones. Is that that keeps the audience watching? Is that you know, Burt Gummer is kind of a fun character to yeah. watch. So, and um, you know, I, I think that was something that Tremors Five did pretty well. Yeah. You know, based on everything else, that's one of the things that it does well. Um, director Don Michael Paul. Um, also known for his one sequel to Lake Placid. Um, he did that as well. So apparently, you know, he's a really big fan of doing monster movies. 
you know, I, I guess, and he also likes to kind of branch off on series that have seem, seemingly ended <laughs> with no real place to go. Lake Placid got a bunch of sequels late after its first film, and they basically were like sci-fi movie of the week fair. So, <laughs> so I mean, I guess that's what Don Michael Paul really enjoys working on. But, um, you know, he, he's bringing to this film, Tremors 5, a lot of, like, references to other monster films. Yeah. I mean, we see, we see that a whole bunch. Um, and I say references kind of lightly because... They're, in this film, it really f- doesn't seem like they're references as much as they're just really stealing from the other films. Yeah. Um, there was one part when the ass, blast, uh, ass blaster is chasing... Well, chasing... Well, we should actually first mention this film takes place in Africa. Yes. The whole premise of the film is somehow... The Graboids have made their way to Africa, even though Bert is pretty sure that they're only contained in the Northern Hemisphere. There's no way in hell they could have gotten over to Africa. Like, he's made it his life goal to keep them in check, track them down. Yep. And when he finds out they're in Africa, he gets tricked in basically going over there to try to take them on, because he can't have them roaming free. And one of the scenes that happens when they're in Africa... Is when they're in uh, the Nass Blasters have uh, captured two uh, two of the characters in the kitchen. The shots within the scene look like it's an exact copy of Jurassic Park when the Velociraptors are chasing the kids around in the kitchen. It, literally, the shots of like the Ass Blaster's feet and its talons like clicking on the floor. Totally, it's not like it doesn't even look like it's an homage to no, Jurassic no. Park or like they're like, hey, it's no. Jurassic Park. It totally looks like it's a blatant ripoff. It really does. It really. I mean, it, it's one thing to have like a couple shots that are kind of mimicking it, where you're like, oh, you know, that looks like Jurassic Park, you know. Um, but really, I think that Tremors Five steals a lot of that idea from Jurassic Park. Um, even there's the there's the one guy who draws Burr in, um, actually calling him to Africa to, to work on um, capturing the uh, Graboids and the Ass Blasters because... Wears the nice white linen suit. He, yeah. got, he looks like a young John Hammond. Yeah, he even has the hat and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, he definitely looks straight out of Jurassic Park, and throughout the entire movie, he's calling to Burr, No, no, don't! Don't kill it. Capture it. Capture and he's, it. And he, and he lied to Bert. To, yeah. Get, yeah, he lied to Bert on why he wants them over there. You find out later that he's actually a poacher. He's not working with the Wildlife Game Society. Yeah, he just wants to sell the eggs. Yeah. The uh, Graboids. The, the shot of them flying in the helicopter to get to Africa. I was waiting for the music. <laughs> to, like, the, <laughs> I was waiting for the John Williams score to kick in. Like, welcome to Africa, you know, Graboid Park. Yep, it, it, I mean, there's it's straight out, straight out of that, and I mean, yeah, I think that even the ass blasters uh, design in this one, the CGI design of the ass blasters is very much like a velociraptor, which, which they're not in Tremors Three. Like they yeah, don't have, no. they don't have like the feathers, they don't have like the talons. Yeah, I mean, granted, it's cheap. It was cheap CGI in yeah. two thousand one of an ass blast, you know. But at the same time. They look not as raptor-like. In this one, they look more like raptors. Yeah. Besides, like, the opening mouth in the center, center of them, mm. they really do look like 
like raptors, basically. Um, the only thing that sets them apart, really, is that they can fart fire out of their ass. So that's why they're called ass blasters. I'm but never gonna, never gonna forgive them for call- for calling them ass blasters. It just sounds so like when they came up with that in Tremors Three. That's when you knew it was kind of like them jumping the shark. Like, all yeah. right, because as we were talking before, Tremors One. What makes Tremors One a great film? At least it's it's like a great film for me. I love Tremors One. I think it's a really enjoyable horror it is comedy. Fun. It's a fun movie. It's a B movie with an A movie budget that's supposed to be campy, but they play it straight, and that's what makes it enjoyable. It's you you laugh at it, you get some scares out of it, but you're laughing at it. But they're playing it really straight, and it works. Yeah. Whereas in Tremors 2, they got a little bit more campier, a little yeah. bit funnier. Then Tremors 3, they jump the shark, make it full-blown camp. And then 4 is just branching off of that again. Yeah. Yeah, it's just another low-budget re-entry into it. Um, so, and I think Tremors 5 kind of sits somewhere in the middle, because it really doesn't know if it wants, if it wants to be funny, does it want to be kind of serious. Um I think that part of the problem is that it tries to emulate the first film and its music specifically. I mean, we, we, we played the, the intro to Tremors for our intro to this podcast, and it, it does sound similar to what Tremors 5 does, but I think that Tremors 5 has a very terrible soundtrack. Yeah, you know, it's just your generic... Like rock, and it sounds like it sounds they like five, they picked five because I watched the credits. They had five licensed songs, and oh, did they? Really? And they were just generic rock songs that just sounded like it was a bad, really bad ZZ Top cover band just playing generic yeah. rock that did not fit any of the scenes that they were inserted into at all. I mean, it's it kind of seemed like they went out to like some local bars. They found a band that did some classic rock tunes. You know, like, can we use your song for our movie, like, for the chase sequences? And they're like, yeah, sure. You yeah, give us 20 bucks yeah, and buy us, us a beer. Yeah, buy us a beer, come to our shows, and yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll give it to you. So, I mean, I think, and that's a lot of what, like, lower-budget B-movies do. They do get, like, local song rights to, to certain, you know, to Yeah, but I mean, at that point, that, even if that was the case, which I don't think it was, because it's... No, I don't think it was in this case either. The, I think they definitely they had a bigger budget than what I would have expected. Well, well I would I will say, as we'll talk more about it later, I think the production was pretty good for. Yeah, this actually, film. I think so too. We'll probably get into, we'll get into that later, but but what makes the music bad, and then the soundtrack overall bad for this film is this, the music when it's played. One, it's not good, and when it's played during a scene, it does not fit the scenes that it's in. It's like very inappropriate, <laughs> very. It just throws you out of like what you're watching. It's just like you're okay. This is what's like the intro when you see Jamie Kennedy, which Jamie Kennedy stars in the film, which sucks. <laughs> and um, he's riding a dirt bike, doing like backflips and one hand, you know, one handed grabs and all that on his dirt bike. And it's play some generic rock track, and it just looks and sounds awful. Yeah. And yeah. Jamie Kennedy in this film looks and sounds awful. He looks like a hobo. Like they he really does. Like yeah. he, I didn't know Jamie Kennedy. Like I don't think he like prepped for this role. He looks like the guy, he got picked off the street. Like he's got a beer gut. He's grown a beard out, and it's he's got gray in it now. His hair's all raggedy. He's do, some most of the jokes that he pops are like shit that you would hear in Malibu's Most Wanted. 
Yeah, really. It's... Uh, uh, yeah, I he's, mean, he's a low light for the film for me, but that's, I don't like Jamie Kennedy in general. I never thought he was funny. Honestly, I I feel like they wrote a role that was basically him, and then they they just said, "Let's see if he'll do it." The only thing <laughs> I ever liked him in was Scream. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because he, he was a- actually good in Scream. Yeah. That was before he was famous. That was, but yeah, like I said, I think they I think they basically they wrote the part, and they're like Jamie Kennedy because he's. A fucking kind of douchebag. <laughs> He'd be great for this part. So let's get him. Let's ask him. And then they, yeah, they probably found him on the subway. He's probably sleeping with a newspaper over his head. <laughs> and they're they're like, hey, Jamie, you look, you look like shit. Would you want to do this? And he's you know, like, funny, yeah, yeah. Funny story about Jamie Kennedy. He was dinner. He was. Um, I went to college at Oswego, SUNY Oswego, and he was. Um, I think my junior or senior year, he was supposed to do stand up there. And his show got canceled because not enough people there bought tickets. Hmm? Yeah. I remember that. And I, I, I thought that was funny in and of itself. And I asked, I, I was thinking to myself, his like, best joke. <laughs> I thought to myself, like, why the hell did they book Jamie K? Why couldn't they have booked somebody else? Like somebody, yeah. Well, that's because he goes for a low rate. That's why. <laughs> but I mean, you're still $40,000 in debt. So wh- what were they doing with your money? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good question. Yeah. Um, but. So, I think probably we should get into um, some of the storyline, because I think that Tremors 5 has a, per, a, a an okay plot. It's it's fine, because I like the fact that they've kind of branched out from where they're normally taking, they're it's They're taking it out of perfection, yeah, which, is nice, which, is, which is nice, because yeah. all the other four films take place in perfection. Yeah. And then I, I think that's good that they they took it away from its original setting and they brought it someplace else, kind of giving it an evolutionary scale. Uh, I, you know, the graboids and the uh, ass blasters are kind of they're a little bit different, and they bring that up throughout the film. So it's not like you're just watching a Tremors film again. It's not like you're just seeing the same thing happen again and again, and then you know just porting it over to the next sequel with different characters it's it's a little bit different they have some different qualities for the graboids and the monsters um which is nice and i think that it being set in south africa was a good a good pick however they don't ever really explain how it happened do they no they don't no so like a big thing about it is that bert is like no there's no way that they could be in south africa there's no way you know i monitor them there's no way they could have moved well, now they did, and I did not catch, a, it, you know, there why was, they had moved. There what was, what there happened? There was no explanation. Did they go for through it. the earth? Did they just tunnel right through? I mean, that, the only thing I could think of was they just, or like they an blaster like happened to fly across the ocean or something. <laughs> but that wouldn't work because, as they explained in the film earlier, they don't actually fly; they just glide. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the only thing I could think of was a graboid bur- burrowed from. So far down yeah. into the ground, and then <laughs> just ended up in South Africa. Yeah, it just kept going until yeah. it hit Africa. I guess. I guess that's possible. But, but yeah, there's no explanation for it. There's just they don't give us anything. To which I don't. Th- I don't think though they were expecting people to kind of put that much thought into it. I guess no, probably not. But at the same time, I mean, it's not a glaring omission. But at the same time, you're going to be thinking like, well, how the hell did they get over there? Yeah. No, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe most normal people wouldn't think that, but. I definitely was. I was thinking, well, you know, what happened? What, like, why are we here now? Um, but, you know, Tremors 5 has a manageable plot. It um, suffers from a lot of cliches, like a lot of terrible, cliche, terrible cliches that I, that I think it intends for us to take pretty seriously. 
you know, Bert. I, I don't actually. I don't want to ruin it. I don't know if I want to actually. I, I don't say think it's really ruining it per se. But spoiler alert. I'll just put that out there. Spoiler alert. Do 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 do. Well, I think. I think. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's. That's my memo. That I think it's a spoiler. I think it should at least be brought up just because it's so cliche and you see it coming. Yeah. That it's not going to ruin anything, and it adds nothing to the movie anyway to begin with. Not really. Is that okay? So, spoiler alert. I told you. Bert and Jamie Kennedy's character, whose name is Travis, they are related. They are father and son. And it's brought up, like, again and again. Uh, Travis calls Bert Pops all the time. He's like, don't call me Pops. Don't call me Pops. Don't, you know, don't touch me. Um, Mentions a gun show in Florida in 74. Yeah, like, things that he just shouldn't know. Because, uh, obviously, in 74, Travis wouldn't even have been alive at that time. Um, Or if he was, he was, like, young. Um, So it just keeps bringing these things up again and again. And if you're even, like, slightly paying attention, you're going to realize that you know, even before the the movie reveals it, they're father and son. There's nothing like, and there's nothing that really stands out about it as being like a revelatory moment. There's no, you're right. There is no reason for it. There's, it doesn't serve a purpose in the film where like someone would be like, oh yeah, they're father and son, so I and understand their no ca- relationship now. And there's no character development from it. It's no. just, it's just like <gasps> we're father and son. The only and- thing, the only thing it really does do is explain. There's like kind of um, How, a why Travis tension. is even there. Yeah, or, well, yeah, that for one thing is why Travis is even there. It's really not really brought up before that. But there's like a heated a heated tension between Travis and Bert. They, you know, Travis is the young, kind of douchey guy, and Bert's like the hardened. Which, is, which is funny that you see he's the young guy because he's forty years old. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's not really young, but. He's the the younger guy who's trying to follow in Bert's footsteps, pretending like he's a big fan. So it really doesn't do anything besides kind of help to mend the relationship, get them together. But if someone's going to be getting eaten by a graboid, a generally nice guy would probably not say, well, I don't really give a fuck about that guy. He can, you know. And we've seen that again and again with uh, Bert anyway. He saves people no matter what. So really, the father-son angle doesn't add anything. No, he, was will, he was willing to save the, John, the yeah. low run John Hammond after he screwed him over. Yeah, so it really doesn't add anything to it, uh, and it's so cliched and and so foreseeable that I would have probably just rather seen it not added at all. I think it's just padding to the runtime. I think so. Yeah, I I think so. I I don't know. It was it was just unnecessary and I don't think I'm spoiling too much for you by by letting you know that that is what happens and we'll end spoiler there um, another thing that really I think um, is poor about the plot is that it again like the father son, son angle it um, they they bring up a topic where uh one of the little girls in the South African town is kind of electric, electrifying the ground so that worms come up out of the ground. And it's brought up to the attention, like, very, very, very explicitly. It's like, what are you doing? Jamie Kennedy yeah, goes yeah. over, what are you doing? She explains, when I electrify the ground, worms come up. And so not only is it, you know, shown to you that that's what's happening, it's also... Two minutes later, you have uh, all of a sudden a... 
sunstorm going on, which is just lightning occurring in the middle of the day with no rain or anything. And Jamie Kennedy asks, "What's going on?" And then Bert's and Bert and the doctor are like, "Oh, there are sunstorms coming. It's just every day at fi- uh, 1500 hours, lightning happens." Yeah. So it totally sets it up, like you know that this is going to be a big thing. Like at at the end of the film, this is how this is your end game. This is your yeah, end game. This is what we're working towards. And you know, obviously, films do do this all the time because they need to do this. They need to set up a reasonable explanation for what's going to happen in the conclusion and how our protagonists are going to get out of their situation. But it's never done as explicitly and as explanatory as Tremors Five does. As it. holding your hand. Yeah, it's like, like it's like, hey, did you catch that? Because if you didn't. Like, you're not going to get the ending, so we're going to give it to you on a silver platter. We're just going to, like, keep, you know, here you go. Here you go. Did you? I hope you didn't miss it. So, I think that was an, another big problem with Tremors, because I said it right away. That I was, I just was like, what do you, what do you think? Is there, are they going to, like, electrify the Graboids at the end? Yep. Yep, they do. So, you know, there's your conclusion right there for you. Uh but it's not a spoiler either because it happens within like the first 15 minutes of the film so you're, you're not going to have that spo- you're going to have it spoiled right away so it's not a spoiler either um, the one thing I would say that they did really well was the opening documentary I, lo- I actually yeah, like those documentaries whoever you know I, I don't know if that was like specifically um, you know the director Don Paul Michael or whatever but whoever put that together specifically did a really good job because I thought they really hit that that, and, that was a good satire oh, of like yes. modern day reality TVs that like you see on A and E like Dog the Bounty Hunter and Bear Grylls Survival. What what they do is they have Bert out there doing like a survival video. He's like How do you survive? He points to his head, he's like, With your mind, that's how you survive And he's like showing tips, he's like, I've been hunting and doing all this crap and I'm really good at it. I'm gonna show you how you can live and survive every day of your life. And they like had, like cut to like a nice like title card like Burt Gummer the survivalist and it's a great like parody and satire yeah. of the modern day reality shows that you see of like Dog the Bounty Hunter or as I said like Bear Grylls like on oh, Bear Grylls I'm gonna show you why taking a piss and then drinking it out in the Amazon is a good idea yeah I, I would say you know whoever put that together if you're looking for another job. I would check out Documentary Now and see if they need anybody to put together an episode because... <laughs> Bill Hader and uh, Fred Armisen probably love them. Yeah, I'm sure because they really did a good job with that one. So I, I would say, you know, definitely check that out. Cause, and then it comes up again at the end, too. I think I really do. I mean, they, they definitely captured, like, the, the two different sides of it. You know, you have the regular shooting angle, then you have the view, you know, the, the point of view video. They definitely hit that really well. Do it. They did the cutaways perfectly. The di- the, the dialogue talking about like what they're doing. Yeah, like it's it's spot on perfect, and it highlights like why those reality shows have like never appealed to me, and why I just find them ridiculous. Yeah, because they're so ridiculous. Um, one of the t- uh, back in high school for us, one of the big shows when we were in high school was Orange County Choppers. Yeah, I don't even know if that's still on TV anymore. I don't even know, but. That's one of the first big reality shows, kind of, with that style that I can think of. And it always annoyed me watching it because you'd have them going, sitting around going, Yeah, today I was working on the bike. My dad was being really angry, though, and kind of a douchebag, but that's okay because the bike's coming along great. <laughs> and then they go to another interview, like, Yeah, my son's being an idiot and we're really cut on time. 
but the bike's coming along great. It's just like the same crap over and over and cut away and like so the interviews the same style the same it, this what they do in the film with that is That's, spot on perfect satire. I thought it was great. I, I did like that a lot. Um, what did you think about the the uh, love story angle, the love triangle? I guess pointless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you know those the entire part with those characters. Didn't even need to be there. Well, you can't even, like, remember... You don't remember their names or anything. They're not important. Um, which is sad. There's quite a few supporting characters in yeah, this. Yeah, they really are. But at the same time, like, you don't remember any of their names. Because you, you don't care. They don't give you a reason to care. The one, uh... South African, uh... Safari ra- Ranger... All he reminded me of was, like, a low-rent, uh... Roland Matumbo from... The Lost World, like... Yeah. The way, like, he had, like, his, you know, shotgun and his... And his bandolier of shotgun shells. Yeah. The pilot. You know, oh, he's your stereotypical drunk pilot. Yeah. (laughs) They they didn't really have much of anything to do in the film. I, I will say that I think they did give the doctor, the doctor Nandy, um, they gave her... Some strong points. She's like an expert bow hunter, bow hunter. and shooter. Yeah. And I mean, which is kind of over, you know, kind of ridiculous in itself. But um, I, they did give her some stuff to do. But other than that, I think that the supporting characters are were really ra- wasted in this. Um, thinking back to the beginning of the film, there's one scene where um, two um, archaeologists are um, unearthing like a graboid skeleton, in, which also made me think of Jurassic or, Park. Yeah. <laughs> They're they're uh, unearthing a, a graboid skeleton in the dirt, and um, then cut to them, you know, t- taking a shower, celebrating basically that they've just discovered this huge find. They're going to be on the cover of Science or National Geographic, and then cut to them dying. Not only do we not see like the attack at all. I mean, the only thing we really see is like bloody shower curtain, wine dropping, and it looks like, like uh, it's shot like it's cut from jaws yeah so we don't see any of that for one thing but it also doesn't even fit into the whole film at all like there's no point for us to be following these people besides getting in one more attack there really isn't a point to it I, there's i mean they, i think they only find them that one time and then they talk that, about how oh yeah look at that there's a graboid skeleton they are here and that was it. There's really no point to their characters at all. Again, I think that's another thing that we were talking about with padding, is that that stuff is really just in there to pad the film out. And to get, like, a Jaws sort of style. Yeah, the, the, way, they shot, the way they shot them getting attacked was kind of very, very reminiscent of the opening scene in Jaws. Not really seeing... You, you don't see the... Gra- which is another thing about the film is you don't really until the end see any of the actual... The Graboids itself. The gra- Graboids itself were like... But just like the violence in general, really. Yeah. It's very toned down. Well, yeah, like I said, you don't see anything in that shot at all. It, well, it's not like I said. It's not just that. It's like the whole movie. There's yeah. very... There's very few moments like there's no kinda... the only gore that really takes place is when it's coming off of the graboid yeah it, it's like um goo goo gore basically but anything else like um anybody getting eaten by a graboid they're all kind of eaten whole like they don't there's no the one pilot swallowed whole. yeah swallowed whole there's no like guts and gore of being chomped to pieces they just kind of swallow you whole so but um 
I, yeah, I, I, again, I was saying I, I don't think that scene was necessary. And I think they do that you know, quite a bit through Tremors 5, kind of padded a little bit. I think it's about 99 minutes, so we're just a little bit over an hour and a half, about an hour and 40 minutes. So really didn't need to be that didn't long. Didn't need to be that long. <laughs> uh, I think once you've, you know, once you've seen a Tremors movie, you've seen them all, and you really don't need all that extra padding in there. Um, but I, I, I will say that as a film meant to entertain... It did do that for me. I, I definitely agree. I actually think it was in, quite enjoyable. For all its flaws, Yeah, it was an enjoyable film. It's an unnecessary sequel, but it's, yeah. it's de- it was definitely enjoyable. It's nowhere near as bad as Tremor Street or Tremors 4. Yeah. I would definitely say it was a lot better done. But again, I was, as I said earlier, I was really impressed with the production on the film. I thought overall the production was pretty good the mm-hmm. the cgi for the graboids and the ass blasters wasn't you know like yeah it wasn't too bad i mean that wasn't like stellar like realistic and great but like when you saw it like yeah you know i, yeah. I can believe it it's nowhere near like the practical effects of tremors one which you know i would prefer i, I would too i it always i don't need to see cgi effects that aren't there because when you see a CGI effect, you can spot it, right? You can spot it, and you it, immediately it takes me out. There's only a cer- certain few films with CGI effects that are done really well that won't kind of take me out of the film. And I'm not saying that I that I think CGI should be stricken from the record. You know, we shouldn't use it ever again. I think there's a time and place for it for certain things. You just really can't do with practical effects. But I would have liked to have seen Tremors Five actually try for the practical effects more so than they did with, you know, the CGI effects. Because even with, like, the tentacle grabber arms, I would have liked to have seen them be, a, a, you know, a more practical effect. They could have done that. They just decided not to. Yeah, same, decided- thing, same thing with the grabway itself. Like, the that effect in the original film, to me, it's, like, it's a great effect. Like, they did a great job making the graboid and the tentacles and I kind of liked in that in the first film like how the blood for them was really hyper real like kind of like a really bright pink it yeah was like something kind of cartoony but at the same time it you could appreciate it for being like pra- a practical effect instead of like a CGI blood splatter yeah yeah I, I do wish that they had gone with more practical effects because really for the most part there aren't any no. real practical effects in this. This is mostly all CGI work, um, and I mean that's just a choice that they made. But I, you know, I do prefer the practical effects, and that might be me as a nostalgic person. But I just know that when I see more practical effects, you know, when you're watching the practical effects of the '80s, um, those things just stand out to me. The thing, per- perfect, per- great perfect effects, practical effects, things like that. Com- show compa- that- as they compare. Romero's Day of the Dead with Tom Savini's great zombie and gore effects to Survival of the Dead CGI blood yeah. and all yeah. that. It's you can just uh, just certain <laughs> things just really stand out and you know it is what it is and I don't think you know CGI is not going away. It's going to be you know anytime you're going to do like a giant monster movie, um, you're going to get CGI now. It, it's just cheaper and. It's just uh, less time consuming. Less time, yeah, less time consuming. 
you know, you instead of a team of people having to clean up shit every now and then, you got some guy going in with his uh, graphics art and putting it in. It's, it's just a lot easier. So I get it. I get the, the budget constraints and everything, but I do really like the practical effects. So um, I think that, you know, Tremors 5, like I was saying, is really not... I mean, it's it's a pretty good film in comparison to what could have been for, you know, other monster movies. There are some really terrible giant monster movies in here. And Tremors 5, you know, it has flaws, but it's really not one of them. I would say that it's a pretty entertaining... You know, it's not a great film. It's not something that you'd come out of it and say, Wow, that was... You know, I thought that was really good. You know, that really blew me away, expectations-wise. It doesn't. Didn't blew me. It didn't blow me away. You know, expectation-wise, I definitely felt like it would have been a lot worse... I was expecting something way worse, you know, coming 11 years later from the the last sequel. I thought it was going to be something way worse. Um, So I would say, all in all, it was pretty much a success for me. And there are some films where you just... I've seen some really, really terrible films before. Uh, Shot on video films that are made with, like, no budgets. People just pulled off the streets. I would love to review the one film that we saw at the Glove. Oh, Yeah. The Abandoned, I think that was called. That was a local film that we saw. It was screened at our local, very, very small uh, public theater, and it was just really terrible. And I, I just remember some lady in front of us asking, Is this supposed to be a comedy? Just, it, was, it was supposed to be a horror film. And I, I to this day, you one of the best experiences, best uh, film experiences I've ever had. Because it was so awful. Yeah. Uh, it did like no cohesive thought in there. There's just nothing made sense at all. I I do remember that. Um, so Tremors Five is definitely not something that hits that <laughs> bottom of the barrel. Um, it, you know, and I would say that if you do have an enjoyment of giant monster movies, if you like, uh, you know, the original Tremors films, or even stuff like Arachnophobia or anything like that, definitely check it out because a there Jeff, is a Jeff Daniels film, a Jeff Daniels film, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, John Goodman. John Goodman. Yep. Um, who lost a lot of weight, by the way. Did yeah. you see that? Yeah. 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 Lost a lot of weight. Um, Maybe getting ready for Red State 2 when they yeah. come. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations, John Goodman, for losing all that weight. That's awesome. Um, but as long as it wasn't crack. <laughs> you never know with him. Yeah, I know. So, But, um, you know, it, I would definitely say check it out if you do like mo- giant monster movies because it's really, you know, th- there are a lot worse out there. Um, I would say... My ex- expectations going in were pretty low. Yeah. But I thought it could be an okay film, and I, I agree with your sentiment that it's an enjoyable film. It's got its flaws. Yeah. You'll, you'll notice the flaws. But if you're somebody who enjoyed the Tremors films like we did growing up, then I, th- I would recommend it to you. If you definitely see some merit. If, if you, like, there's some great kind of callbacks and throwbacks... Like when the pilot gets eaten and then he gets spat out, you know it's a yeah. great throwback to what that happens to Bert and Bert even mentions like yeah some of the bitch that happened to me too you know been there done that yeah uh, there's some great callbacks like that so if you're a fan of the franchise or and you're feeling nostalgic for it I'd say check it out and if you like monster films I'd say check it out too because it's yeah. nowhere near as bad production wise story wise there's a lot of other films yeah. of that genre but if you have no interest in the other two I'd probably say just stay stay away from it because it's not gonna do you won't you'll be bored with it I mean I could definitely see this this is um, a little bit better uh, graphics wise 
than like a sci-fi movie of the week. Like it's it's you know like a like a Sharknado or something. Oh, it's, I'd say it's a lot better than that. I mean, I would say that like qual like story wise, it like sits in the same area, but like graphics wise, like CGI graphics and stuff, that it's it's miles ahead of like Sharknado. It's nowhere near as campy though. That's no, thing. no, that's true. No. Yeah, no, not as campy as, as Sharknado, but but definitely, um, you know, story wise, I think it's it's about the same, writ, uh, you know, it, uh, as a form of writing. It's screenplay is basically on par with something that you might see on sci-fi. Um, and honestly, uh, I think this you would probably quickly find that Tremors Five probably hits some TV ser- TV sh- um, channels like sci-fi at some point. You just got to edit out a few words and you got it. They even have, this movie didn't have like a lot of. Didn't they have any really cursing in it? It's PG thirteen, so you're gonna get shit and. Uh, it was ve- son of a I, bitch, I think there's like and dicks. A two, lot of dicks. Uh, I think there's like th- four or five curse words in there. Like yeah. they were all just like minor ones. There's no fucks or. No, anything. no, it's PG thirteen. It was, it was so. very, you know, very a very tame film. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, I think you probably will quickly see it on something like sci-fi, uh, getting you know getting Slight. airplay. Slight edited. Slight, uh, slightly edited, and that's about it. That's really all you need. It's just a couple of uh, curse words edited out. Swap shit for crap, and you got it. So, um, one thing that I did want to bring up is that there I have seen another film um, previously that did remind me of Tremors, and that's called Grabbers. And you can also catch that one on Netflix. Uh, it's actually, you know, when you finish Tremors 5, it actually suggests for you Grabbers. And that's actually a really good film. It's a horror comedy that kind of sits uh, tonally more similarly with the original Tremors, where the only way to escape this uh, grabbing, tentacled beast is to drink alcohol. They don't like the taste of alcohol. So they have to drink alcohol throughout the night in order to stay alive. It's, a, it's actually a really good film. It sounds really stupid. But it's a good film that really reminded me when I watched it of Tremors, um, you know, Tremors with a twist, and I would recommend checking oh, uh, that, that out that as well. Good, uh, that was a good alcohol pun. Yeah, Tremors with a twist. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely would uh, recommend you to check that out. I think that Grabbers is a little bit better than Tremors Five. Um, so I think that would make like a good, you know, night pairing though. Start out with Grabbers, end with Tremors Five. You should be shit-faced enough to enjoy Tremors 5 by then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, definitely, I would recommend both of those to you. And I I would say that, you know, Tremors 5 is actually a pretty good watch for Halloween. I think it's a, you know, if you're having a party or something, pop that on. Good background. Yeah, I think it would be a good background movie for something like that. Um, Also, I would highly recommend to just to watch the original Tremors, I think. Yeah. Like Which, I like I said, it's uh it's not on Netflix right now. Oh, it's not. No. It, it used to be, so I imagine it might come back around. Yeah, they've only got the 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 Tremors Five on Netflix right now because um, nothing else popping up for me. But I would definitely recommend watching the first Tremors. It's a great yeah. great mix of comedy, B moviness, and also it's the effects in it are great. The story overall is well done. Yeah, and the acting from Kevin Bacon. Michael Gross, Fred Ward. All, all good stuff. All good stuff. Um, do you remember ch- like seeing Tremors on AMC a bunch of times? Like They used to show Tremors all the time yes. on TV. Yeah, no, yeah. and I mainly I used to watch it at a friend's house in elementary school because he had Tremors 1 and 2 
on VHS. And yeah. with Terminator 2 and Major Pain, we used to watch those like all the time. Yeah. On uh, VHS, and it's definitely one of the movies of my childhood that I like. You know, still appreciate and still look back fondly on. Yep. And I think it's become like kind of a underrated, uh, underrated uh, kind of cult movie. Mm-hmm. So, out of Ten Graboids, what would you give Tremors 5? Bloodline. Um, now, I'm, you know, I'm really confused, too. I'm going to break in here. Netflix says Tremors 5 is called Tremors 5 Bloodline. IMDb says it's Tremors 5 Bloodlines. Now, I'm really confused. I think I prefer Bloodlines. The poster says Bloodlines. Um, I'm going to do some more research. Everything else says Bloodlines. So, I, I actually, you know, I think they went with the, the, the plural on that, Bloodlines. And I think Netflix is wrong. Well, I think they're wrong. I think Bloodline sounds better because there's more than one. I think Bloodline because because there's better more that there's more than one Bloodline talked about in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It bothers me that I <laughs> messed that up in the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> it really does. So anyway, back to that. On a scale of zero to ten graboids, what would you give Charmers Five? Uh, six out of ten graboids. Six out of ten graboids. So what does that translate to? Like, is that six graboids that are really wreaking havoc out of ten that could be? That's six graboids <laughs> grabbing you by the balls and taking you down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> I think I would give it a six and a half graboids. That means that there's uh, six graboids and then the half is actually the, the tentacle, tentacle grabber. <laughs> so, six and a half graboids. Is there anything else that you want to add to this before we end our podcast? We're almost at the hour mark, you know. I think that's probably good enough for Tremors 5 because I, don't, I can't really think of anything else that I, I really need to add about the film. No, not really. No. I think, you know, summed it up pretty well. Actually, it, I do have one thing to add is that the director is Don Michael Paul and I just really don't trust that guy. He has three first names. <laughs> yeah, those you can't trust those no, you really, people. Well, no, you can't trust people with two first names. Three first names is obscene. I don't even fucking know. That guy's an alien. He's a they live person. <laughs> that would oh, that should definitely be a movie to watch. We're gonna uh, do that you. at some point. Keith David's amazing, and I love Rowdy Roddy Piper. Actually, let me tell you an anecdote. One time, um, we actually it was it was right after Roddy Piper died. Um, Sarah was making a grocery list, and our groceries list says we're all out of, and so I wrote bubblegum on it. <laughs> totally missed totally missed it she didn't <laughs> didn't have a clue nothing I was very disappointed I was like I can't believe I call you my wife well she never she never played I guess Duke Nukem either <laughs> no no so but um, we'll end Tremors 5 on that note it's a fairly good movie you can check it out on Netflix Instant you can also buy it on DVD and probably Blu-ray you can you know get all those Graboid action sequences those in nice ass high blasters. definition yeah the ass blasters in high definition, um, you can also probably get it on like Amazon and everything else. I think so. Anywhere you usually get your instant videos, you can check it out. Um, Do you have? Um, let's do that before we sign off. Uh, anything special you think we should do for Halloween? I really don't know. You know, I, we were toying with the idea of doing like some sort of like running commentary during a film. So we could do something like that. Like I could definitely do like a commentary for Halloween if we wanted to do that. Um, or even something like Trick or Treat, or, you know, that would be something a little bit different for the podcast, um, something where we could do, you know, kind of like a, 
you know, the audio commentary track instead of a regular traditional mm-hmm. review kind of podcast that we do. So we could do that. We could you do... Wanna, you you want to do a commentary for Season of the Witch? I could do that as well. I don't really don't mind. Just, just stop it! Yeah. No! I love Tom Atkins. I definitely <laughs> want to see him have sex in that again, so... Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll, we most likely will be back before um, um, Halloween. Halloween again. So I, I, I would say that we probably will try to get it in sometime next week. Um, you know, now that I think about it, if if we could do a commentary, maybe the thing that'd be a- or the thing. I do love the thing. Um, so we could try to do that. Uh, but we'll be back. We have some ideas, so we'll be back probably next week with another episode um, to get that in before Halloween ends um, it's a big time so um, you know check us out make sure that you're still following along on iTunes you can subscribe to us with the Blood and Black Rum podcast we're also on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash blood and black rum podcast we do have an email address at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com that's and a-n-d not the and sign uh, <laughs> because I just want to make it longer for you to type in um, <laughs> we also are up on Stitcher um uh, just search for Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I don't know the URL to that. And we always appreciate a like, follow, and a share at SoundCloud. Uh, you can tweet us, like you said. Um, it's going to be Ryan, R-Y-N-E-T-M-I-A-D-W, because I don't have a Blood and Black Rum Podcast Twitter yet, but we do have Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. So you can get us on pretty much every social media <laughs> website available. And MySpace, will- Friendster. Yeah, no, no, we're not on those, unfortunately. Google, uh... Google, no, no, Google Plus, we're not on that either. Because, (laughs) I don't know, people don't use that that much. But you can definitely find us everywhere, you know, everywhere else. Uh, TheMoonIsDeadWorld.net will have a link up, always. I actually forgot to post the last podcast episode on the sidebar of my blog. So For shame. Yep, so some people have been missing out on that. But... Yeah, <laughs> but anywhere else you can respond to us, and we will listen because we do want feedback on what you want to see. So, anything else, Chris? Before we Martin? Before we no, sign that's, off. That's about it. All right. So, signing off. Hope you hopefully there's no graboids underneath your house right now. And if there are, have a concrete base. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Have a concrete base. I guess that stops them all. And if that doesn't work, then you can just get a uh, like a chinook or something for uh, rocket launchers on your helicopters. That'll always help. So, (laughs) signing off. Thanks for listening to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Ryan and Martin will be back next week.